Hey, thanks for joining me on the Life Podcast, where you guessed it, we talk about life. My name is Austin, and I am so excited that you are tuning in. This podcast exists to encourage you and walk alongside you as you experience life. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Life Podcast. Super pumped you are here. Uh, Thanks. I just appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. I know there's probably only a couple people that actually listen and are invested, but shout out to you guys for uh, making this happen. I super, I, I really enjoy doing the podcast, so um, it's really no cost to me. If you're here, though, make sure you like, subscribe, share it with a friend if you think that they need it. And today's episode is going to be a good one. I know I say that every single week, but I really mean it this week. We're actually starting a series on relationships a uh, pretty hot topic, I would say, um, especially as we head into February, there's Valentine's Day, um, and just kind of everybody is living in some sort of relationship, whether that be with friends, whether that be romantically, whatever it is, we all have relationships. So we're going to tackle all sorts of things from <clears throat> from being single, uh, talk about what healthy relationships look like. Today's episode specifically, we're going to talk about long distance relationships since the major- since there are so many people who are um, experiencing that with online dating and COVID and everything's long distance these days. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, conflict in relationships. We're going to talk about all sorts of things. And I am super excited. So with me today, I have some folks that I went to school with. I got Caden and Caleb. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing so good. Caden, how about you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm super pumped that you guys are here. And uh, shout out to, you know, maybe the 30 listeners who are going to hear what you guys have to say. And I mean, here's the thing, though. You're on the podcast. That means you have to share it to your social media. That's my only requirement for being on the podcast. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Sweet. That's what we like to hear. Get some listeners. And uh, yeah, like I said, today we are going to be talking about um, long distance relationships. And you guys are currently in a long distance relationship. Can you guys just maybe introduce yourselves a little bit and then tell us just a little bit about your guys' story, how you met, how you started dating, and uh, just kick it off. Yeah, for sure. Okay, you can go uh, first. Okay, cool. I'll give, I'll give like what actually happened as far as like us meeting and dating, and then we'll let Caleb tell his version, um, his fantasy of what actually happened. What All right. Happened. So uh, right. <laughs> my name I'm Katie. Good night. I'm 23 years old. I'm a recent graduate of um, SUM Bible College. That's where me and Austin met shout out. and uh, connected through that. Yep. Shout out to SUM. Apply now. SUM.edu slash apply. <laughs> and um, yeah, so me and Caleb actually date, started dating almost seven months ago. We met at a conference in New Orleans where it's called it's called the Mardi Gras Outreach. And basically we just go to Bourbon Street with our Bible College SUM and we just pray for people and minister to people and have um, good spiritual conversation with people on Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras. And so as crazy as that sounds, um, your emotions are everywhere during that outreach because you're um, getting no sleep and you're um, going to the streets, you're spending so many hours and you're just exhausted. And in the midst of that, uh, Caleb was trying to find a girlfriend. And so, <laughs> oh, wait, let's right. be real though, real quick. This Mardi Gras outreach is the place to go if you're single because that's where everybody's looking for, for a boyfriend, for a girlfriend, for a spouse. That's just how it goes. Uh oh, it looks like Caden's frozen. Caleb, like, oh. encourage it, endorse it. Oh, Caden, you My were, bad. y'all got me? Yeah, you were frozen for a second. Go ahead. You were, you were talking about the Mardi Gras outreach. Keep going for it. <laughs> oh no 
That's all right. Yeah, someone needs to get to the internet. I need to start buying her new internet. Come on, man. All good. Caleb, why don't you pick up the story for us, man? Yeah, so uh, we are Mardi Gras, um, and I don't remember which night it was, because I think there's, there's like four or five nights that we go out on the street. We pray for people, talk with people, do the whole shebang, right? So we're going out there, and I'm with my partner, and we're praying for people, and I'm, I'm like eating a snack or something. And um, this girl walks by, and she had like on these these pretty cool camo pants. And I'm a I'm a uh, a fashion guy myself, right? I will spend big money on clothes. It's one of my many downfalls. Right? I love fashion. Um, so I saw this girl walking by, and she had some pants. And I was like, hey, like those are some pretty cool pants. Uh, now looking back, it's re- really weird to say. Like I really get that now. But in the moment, I was like, man, I'm so smooth. <laughs> So uh, I was like, hey, those, those are some cool pants. And then um, we met again on the street, and, I, and, and I, um, I asked her how old she was, and I asked her some other questions, which was kind of weird because we're supposed to be ministering to people and supposed to be praying for people, and I'm trying to you know, swoon my way into this girl's life. <laughs> um, so, we, we, so that happened, and then uh, back at the hotel where the entire school staying, where the conference itself was happening, um, I stopped her in the hallway, and I was like, hey, totally forgot. Uh, what's your name? I forgot your name, which is super embarrassing. And then she made some big deal about it. She, like, flipped out. She's like, what the <laughs> heck? Like, you forgot my name. And then she told me her name. And then we started talking about ministry and tattoos and talking about where we were from and uh, how I'm from California and she's from Mississippi. And then um, she came with me and my friends and we got coffee one day. And then I went with her and her friends and went to IHOP and she got me food poisoning. So that was kind of cool. Nice. And then... The next day, we stayed up from about, uh, it was about like 10, 10 p.m. So it was, it was about 10 p.m. to like about 5, 6 a.m. Because I had an 8 a.m. flight. So we stayed up from 10, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. to talking or talking, hanging out, getting to know each other. Um, and then I asked her if I could, you know, text her or call her. And she said, yeah. So then uh, we started FaceTiming uh, ever since. And then in July uh, 7th, when I asked her to be my girlfriend. Nice. What a story. What a story. Now, Caden, right. is that how it really happened okay so he actually covered it pretty accurately i'm not oh. gonna lie so yeah wow i was really hoping for some for some drama to happen but you know what i like that i like honesty well i mean i mean i, I it's funny because before i met her i actually met her sister and i didn't know it oh wow right and i wasn't trying to you know date her sister <laughs> I just met her sister. right <laughs> right that's awesome <clears throat> So um, it's great to hear you guys' story. I've actually uh, never heard it before. You know, I've seen glimpses of it. But uh, um, what were some things just prior to you guys dating? Um, you guys are both um, godly people, just want to pursue the Lord and all that he has for your life. And so that obviously affects the way that you do things. So what were some things that you did while you were single um, to prepare for being in a relationship and not just a relationship. I mean, you obviously didn't expect to be, I'm sure in a long distance relationship, but what were some things that you did while you were single to really prepare yourself for a relationship? I think like this will be like a decent transition. I think from the last question into this question. Um, one thing that we did not expect outside of the long distance relationship is an international pandemic <laughs> that stopped flights and stopped travel, you know, especially it'd be different if Caleb lived like eight or nine hours away. Like that's one form of long distance, but we live 1200 or not 1200. Yeah. 1200 miles apart, 1900 miles apart. That's what it is. And so, um, it's far. (laughs) And so whenever, before we got, went into the pandemic, we didn't know anything about a pandemic is whenever we met late February, right before March. And so before, 
um, we ever decided for sure that like we wanted today and we were kind of praying about things. We talked about standards and one of those standards was we just, um, Caleb actually told me, he was like, um, before I ask you out, I really would love to have a conversation with your parents face to face. And this was pre pandemic. Yeah. And so this is a standard that we set. So a lot of people will ask like, why did you guys wait so long to date? Because we, uh, we met in February and we spent, uh, five months getting to know each other, right. From February to July. And so people will ask like, why did you wait so long? But ultimately we had set that standard and that goal. And even though there was a pandemic and we had no idea how long it was going to take before we could fly and see each other, um, we held true to that goal and that standard that we had set. And so prior to that, I think like as ministers and people who are used to having to have a bit of a higher standard, as far as what you look for in what you wear, what you listen to, and especially your relationships and what you entertain, we were already in that mindset of, um, my standard is up here and whatever doesn't meet that, I can't entertain that. I don't have time or space for it. Yeah, that's And good. so for myself personally, I, um, had, prior to Caleb. So Caleb is my first boyfriend that I've had in my, in my whole life. I had my first boyfriend whenever I was 23 years old, which is people don't believe it. It's crazy. But, um, he is my first boyfriend. And prior to him, I had gone through, um, a season of where I had a a boy that I was interested in that just let me down. It just didn't work out. And I buckled down. And for the first time in my life, I was genuine with God. And I told him, I was like, um, not the first time I was genuine with him, but the first time I was genuine about this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, wow. <laughs> I said, I was like, God, um, I, if I don't start dating until my late twenties, early thirties, like I'm good. And it sounds crazy, but I meant it in that season. I was like, it's you and me, we're going to run. And I don't even, I, I don't even want in my mind, I was like, I don't even want a relationship to step in between what we have right now. And so Um, prior to that, that's when I started taking on more speaking engagements than ever. I started jumping into anything behind the scenes that I could do to help at my church and reaching out to different ministers and connecting as much as I could in that season. And that is um, that short season. It was only five months prior to me meeting Caleb, which I had no idea I was going to meet him. That's where my roots and my relationship with God were really, really set. And so me and Caleb have talked about it more like, if we break up, which we don't, obviously we don't plan to, or we wouldn't be together, but if we were to break up, like... I, it would be hard. Like it would not be a good time, but I would be okay. And I know, and it comes from the place of I'm so confident in my relationship with God and that connection that I built during that time that now I'm like, I love you, but like, I don't need that anymore, you know? And so that's what I did in my single season to really um, genuinely prepare for Caleb. Yeah, <laughs> no, know it. that's really good. I think what's super important about what you're saying and is because as Christians, especially Christians who are going into ministry, going into Bible college, um, there's this huge emphasis, especially around pastors and whoever's in ministry, that you have to be married, you have to be in a relationship, you can't be single, and like it's a frenzy to try to find a spouse, and it's honestly kind of ridiculous. Like I, I, I oftentimes have a hard time speaking about relationships. Here, here's my backstory a little bit. I got, I have been with my now wife since I was 16. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a long story, of course, that we could tell another time, maybe today, but, um, so I never had that, that really single season to really kind of find, you know, God, find who I was. And I've never had to experience this struggle that a lot of other, um, 
ministers have where they think I need to find a wife, but I think it's so important that you um, got right with God. I mean, not that you were right with God, but you really said, you know what, God, like whatever your will is for my life, like I will submit to that. And I think that's the most important statement that you could make. We have a pastor on staff here at my church who is um, 30 or 31 and and he's single and he is living his best life and, and I love to see it. So um, I love what you said. Caleb, what about you, man? Yeah, so um, there's a few things that I did in my single season, but, um, but, but first, actually, before Caden and I started dating, I actually had a girlfriend um, way prior to her. So me and this other girl, we dated for almost four years. Oh, wow. So pr- yeah, pretty long time. Um, and then when we broke up, I realized how much of my security and, and purpose I found in that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, in those two years, two and a half years after me and that person broke up, I really took the time to, to work on myself, not only, um, you know, spiritually, like reading your Bible more and really understanding scripture, but, but trying to figure out what are my, my pros and cons of who I am. Yeah. Right. What are things I'm good at? What are things I'm, I'm, I'm not good at? Right. And let me try to improve on some of the things that I'm not good at and just making myself better. Um, one thing that Rich Wilkerson Jr. said, he said, be the person um, who you're looking for is looking for. Yeah, that's good. I was like, man, that's super good. You know what I mean? Like if I was that girl that I want to date, what would I be looking for? Yeah. No, I feel that, man. That's awesome. Um, so I was always trying to look at, yeah, yeah. So I was always trying to look at it through that mindset. And then the last thing real quick is um, uh, me and my youth pastor sat down at Wingstop one day and we were just having lunch and talking. And I was just really struggling because I had got rejected uh, like four or five times, like legit. Like I'd ask girls out and they're like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and I was like, dang, man, this sucks. Like, you know, I, I, I have the whole, you know, bitter, nice guy thing going on. Yeah. Sat me down and we wrote a list of, of non-negotiables of, of things that I'm looking for in a wife. Not a girlfriend, but a wife. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it was so we put pen to paper of, of things that I'm looking for in standards that if this if, if a girl doesn't meet, sorry, you know, kick rocks. Because you know, she has to meet all these things and some are cool and some are, you know, ridiculous, but some are spiritual, you know what I mean? Yeah. So so, you know, those are some of the practical things I did. Yeah, that's that's really good. I love that. And I love that both of you guys kinda of said the same thing that you really need to know who you are before hopping into a relationship because otherwise you'll get lost and entangled and if something messy happens you're losing half of yourself in that to be honest with you um if my wife and i would have split before we got married my life would have been a mess like i i mean i was still developing i was 16 years old like they say your brain's not developed till you're like 25 or 30 or whatever and (laughs) i was i mean i would have been a mess we'll we'll just say that we'll leave it at that so (laughs) I, i love your guys's answers um that's amazing. I uh, I like to hear that. I like to hear people that are doing it the right way, even if it takes some time to to get rejected or to you know even have a prior relationship. Like God brought you to this moment and is teaching you so many things. So that's amazing. So you guys. Oh, here we go. I was looking at the wrong question here. Um, so you guys started off in a long distance relationship. What have been some of the the biggest struggles that you guys have faced in that? Whoever wants to start us off. Um, I think, I think for me, the hardest struggle is, is probably, um, not just trying to get to know Kane, but, but, but trying to get to know her, her family and friends. 
You know what I mean? So like when you date somebody that already goes to your church, you sort of know the history of that person. You might have similar friends. You might know family. So that's pretty easy. Um, but I, I talked to her on the phone. So unless like I FaceTime her dad or FaceTime her sister, it's like I don't get to know anybody. So the first time I flew out there, like I had no knowledge of anybody, uh, really of who they were, what they acted like, how far I could go as far as humor and boundaries. Like I had to figure everything out on the spot. So for me, that was the hardest part is stepping into this pool of, of the unknown as far as knowing who people are and having those relationships with not just her, but her friends and her family and sisters and all that stuff. Yeah. Katie, what about you? Um, there are a few things. So long distance has been, it's been, there's a lot of good things, which um, I know we'll talk about a little bit later, but there's also been a lot of struggle. Obviously the distance is hard. Um, I think one thing that um, is a little more difficult about long distance is it demands more communication than even your average relationship. Because um, I can't, I mean, we, we have life to do, you know, like imagine how busy you are when you're in a relationship trying to make time for that person is really difficult when you live in the same town and you can see each other, you know, pretty much as often as you want to. Couples still complain that they can't make time for each other. Well, when you're at long distance and your time zones are two hours apart and you both work full time and um, one's in school full time and the other one runs a school full time, you know, it just, um, it's a lot. And so making time for each other to really talk and communicate uh, we have to prioritize. And so there'll be weeks where we're both working so hard and there's a lot going on just to be like totally transparent. And we'll have a few days where we only have like a few random 10 minute FaceTime phone calls. And that's like all the connection that we get for a few days at a time. Well, and usually by like day four or five, Caleb knows and he's like feeling it that I'm like off yeah. and we'll have to like, <laughs> like take a second and be like, okay. And so just like you would have to move things or I think um, there's the illusion that you don't have to shift your schedule for quality time. Like you would if you were in person, but like I said, it's an illusion. Um, it doesn't hold. So um, there are still events that I miss or, um, different like outing, like my friends will go hang out and they're like, Hey, you want to come? And I'm like, no, I really need to call Caleb tonight. Yeah. Um, because I, you have to prioritize communication and quality time with each other. And so definitely, um, I have become a much better communicator because of Caleb, because I've had to learn how to accurately, um, communicate how I feel through a FaceTime phone screen without even being in person. And so it's definitely helped me and equipped me in that area. So yeah, for me, I think the distance and just having to make time is really difficult. Um, but we do it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really awesome. I, I think, you know, a lot of, like you said, a lot of people who can see each other every day aren't even making time for each other. Like for example, me and my wife, we live together, but we still have to make time because, you know, sleeping next to somebody and just doing your day to day routine is not quality time. Like you have to yeah. be intentional and I mean, my wife will tell me this. I've, I've heard it a few times. She'll say, listen, just because we live <laughs> together doesn't mean we're spending time together. I say, all right, you got me. Right, That's my right. bad. That's my bad. I'll take that one. What are some what are some positive things maybe that have come out of a long distance relationship? So, all right, okay, I'll go. <laughs> so um, it's not all bad, honestly. One thing that my favorite thing about um, us starting out long distance, because obviously we don't plan to be long distance forever, right. is that we... Um, I tell people during the quarantine, whenever all we could do is face, like literally all we could do is like talk all day. Cause we, we couldn't leave our houses other than when he had to work. And so, um, we would talk for hours a day, like five or six hours a day. Yeah. And during that time I got to know him so well and he got to know me so well, um, that 
I genuinely feel like we know each other. We knew each other going into our first week of dating. We knew each other better than most people knew, you know, years into dating because we spent so much time getting to know each other through communication. And one thing I think long distance does is everybody, I mean, we're all physical creatures, right? And so um, physically there's a, a relationship or intimacy that happens between a guy and a girl when you like each other and you want that physical connection, holding hands. Or Wait, like, what? what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Chill. Chill, he so, says. <laughs> so anyway, like you want to hold hands, you want to sit close to each other, you know, like that's natural and that's yeah. cool or whatever. But I think too many relationships that you find that are fickle or don't last or don't hold are because people often confuse physical intimacy with emotional intimacy and they don't take time to build that emotional intimacy because they are too busy filling their time with physical intimacy. And so like, maybe we're not having conversation, but we're cuddling on the couch and holding hands. And so we love each other. And so then you find out, you know, years later that he's got this like deep rooted issue (laughs) that you could have figured out in the beginning if you didn't prioritize your fit. Not that it's not, not that it's not, shouldn't be a priority at all, but it shouldn't be prioritized over that um, emotional intimacy. And so um, from the get go, I was like, man, it's a good thing that you've got a great personality because if you didn't, we would not have, we wouldn't have made it because all we had was talking to each other. We didn't have anything else you know? So that one of my favorite parts about long distance is um, the fact that, it forced me to get to know Caleb like inside and out Um, just because all we have really is communication. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you guys this as I was, you know, thinking about this episode and sort of off the cuff, you really don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but so many couples, um, myself and my wife included struggle with, struggled with, um, you know, intimacy before marriage and, um, you know, pushing the boundaries, seeing how far I can get, you know, what's the line I can go to and not cross it, but, you know, be on it. Like so many couples struggle with, you know, sexual sin and things like that. So if you're comfortable answering that question, um, ha- has that been like, is, is that something that's there in a long distance relationship? Because like you said, when you're together, you can be physical, you can touch, you can hold hands, you can hug, whatever. But in a long distance relationship, that looks a little bit different. So you guys totally don't have to answer that question. Um, and if you don't want to, I'll edit it out. Like, that's fine. But I'm just curious. No, it's fine. I think we're um, comfortable. Yeah. So so when we're in Mississippi, so when I fly out to go see her, wherever we are, we could be, we could be watching Teletubbies on the TV. Someone is always there with us. Yeah. If it's her parents, if it's a sister, whoever it is, someone is always there. Yeah. So unless we're going to, you know, just say screw it, I mean... Stuff's not happening. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. When we're here in California, same thing. Um, I think my mom sort of saw, I say my mom because I still live with her. Um, in my last relationship, she was more lenient. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think with, with this one now, um, she makes sure that someone is always there. Yeah. Where, whether we're in the car driving, whether I live a mile from my church. Well, she'll drive us to the church. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're not in my office together alone. We're not really in a building together alone. There's cameras at my church. There's cameras at my house. You know what I yeah. mean? So, I mean, there's, there's, there's things that we're conscious about to making sure that we don't put ourselves in situations where we can be compromised. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Thanks. And it's not, and then, uh, one thing too, to speak to it is like, it's not like we're never, I mean, we're never completely alone, but it's not like we never have time to just like, cause it sounds suffocating to think of like, you can't even like sit on the couch and like watch a movie without somebody else being there. So like 
we but we have created i think a respect for the people around us and a respect for each other and um where it whenever i come to california if we want to watch a movie on his couch his parents are hanging out in their bedroom or whatever you know what i mean like we just don't put ourselves in a position where it's just going to be me and him hanging out by ourselves in his room you know what i mean like we guard ourselves that way but even as far as like long distance um kind of speaking to what you were talking about like how it's just different as far as that we like i said the quarantine forced us to learn how to communicate and so we have actually sat down and i'm not i'm not gonna say it's the most fun conversation but i think a lot of the time we wait until the heat of the moment to make the decision of is this okay or is this not okay and that's a bad that's a bad spot to be in to make the decision because your flesh is going to tell you one thing and your spirit's trying to tell you another thing and a lot of time when you're in the moment your flesh is going to win over every time so we've um taken a moment to just sit down and have the conversation face to face not all cuddled up together not like you know what i mean but like just sit down and have a conversation and say what not um not like what do you want in this moment but like what ultimately what do you feel like is sin and what do you feel like is not sin what do you feel like convicts you or makes you feel like um we should not do this and what is okay because um ultimately at the end of the day like the even the reason that we are together and like wanting to get married is because we love each other but ultimately we want to follow the will of god and we want to stay in his will and so a lot of the time that takes intentional awkward conversation (laughs) to be able to figure that out yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome that you that you recognize that and, and you set those boundaries. You hear of guys like, for example, Billy Graham, biggest event, one of the greatest evangelists to have ever lived, right? He he always said that he right. would never, ever, ever be alone with, with a woman. Like he always had somebody there with him. And and of course mm-hmm. he passed away and his honor and his legacy has not been touched. And honestly, like I've just heard of uh, Ravi Zacharias, one of the world's like greatest oh man um, don't get me started yeah and then all these allegations are coming out and it's just terrible because we didn't i mean there was obviously boundaries that weren't set there were lines that were crossed and it's never just like a line that's crossed one time in my experience Mm -hmm. and from what i've heard from other people it's always like well it's it's small little steps over time that lead to a really bad decision and so these small unwise decisions lead to um, ultimately your demise or your fall or whatever, because I've been in those shoes right. and I know what it's like. And, and so it's so encouraging to hear you guys say that. And, um, for anybody out there who, who might be in a relationship, not married yet, um, this is great advice. I hope you're taking note of this and writing it down or, you know, re- watching this, record it, read it over, or watch it over and over again, whatever you got to do. Cause this is good. <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah. Um, did you guys both answer about positive things? I don't remember to be honest. I don't think um, Caleb said anything. Yeah. No, I didn't. One positive thing, and I mean, this might sound uh, not negative, but might sound bad, is is we are still able to live our own lives while being in this relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, like, we're dating and we're we're um, talking and communicating and we're committed, uh, but she's living in Mississippi and I'm here in California. Yeah. So it's not like I have to, I have to completely change my entire world and like quit my job and go do everything just to please her. You know, like we, we, we understand that we have different lives before we ever started dating. You know what I mean? Like I had job, I had friends, I had things I did before she started dating and we haven't tried to, you know, take that stuff away. Like if she wants to go hang out with some friends, I'm like, yeah, go ahead, go hang out. I'll meet you later. I'll do whatever I want to do. Yeah. You know? And I think that's something I didn't have in my last one. And, and looking back, now that I do have it, it's like, man, this is like, it's, 
it's like it's like the best thing that's um, a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you said. I'm glad you said that. My wife and I, I mean, I keep referencing my own relationship because that's my only experience. But no, um, I love it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, we started dating in high school, and that was one of the biggest things that I had a struggle with. Um, even like, for example, when I graduated, I really wanted, like, I had an opportunity to go play college basketball. I was like set on it, but I was like my wife, like, or my girlfriend at the time, like she's going to stay here. Like, I don't, like, I don't want to be away from her. And so a huge part of that decision to stay in my hometown and go to community college was because she was here. I don't regret it. Like, I'm not saying this is a, is a bad thing, but I'm saying like, had we not been together or or whatever, like I definitely would have made a different choice. And and I think it's because, you know, I was trying to like live like we were married in a sense, even though we weren't. So right. um, I'm glad you yeah. said that, That that's really awesome. Yeah. Well, I think I think you have to understand things you're, you're willing to give up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like going to play pool on Tuesdays, like is it really that important? You know right. what I mean? You know, obviously we understand like Sundays and Wednesdays, me and Kane don't really talk. Because Sundays, <laughs> I mean, she's two hours ahead. So when I wake up, she's mid-service. So right. we have service all day. Wednesday, uh, I'm usually preaching and she's doing worship. So Wednesday, we're busy all day because I'm setting up. You know, so you, so you have to realize what, what things are worth fighting for and, and, and uh, what things are not. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that. So moving on to the next question, what are some things that you two are doing now to maintain a healthy relationship and a Christ-centered relationship at that? Um, one thing that we do that's like very practical uh, is we started this recently, actually. I don't know why we started recently, but we did. Um, we uh, started praying like together, even over FaceTime, every night. So um, we alternate turns. He doesn't just pray and I don't just pray because we're, we both genuinely believe that um, although – like we believe scripture that calls the man to be the head of the household. And we believe all that we genuinely do, but we also believe chill, (laughs) but we also believe that, um, that we're if we're called to eventually become one that we're going to be called to lead together. And so, um, there's going to be times neither should be dragging the other. There's going to be times where I have to help lead him. There's going to be times where he has to help lead me. And so we alternate turns, um, praying over each other. Like I said, we keep, um, communication is so, so important. So we communicate if he feels that I'm off or I'm upset instead of avoiding it, instead of being like, um, okay, I know she's upset, but let's just kind of like have conversation. Or, um, like if he knows something's off, he'll say Caden, like he'll not just like call me really quickly. Like he'll wait till he's in a space where he knows he has room to talk to me about it. And he'll be like, Caden, are you okay? And then usually I try to brush it off or like internalize whatever I'm feeling. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, let's talk, let's unpack whatever. Cause I can tell you're upset. I can tell you're off. So like, let's talk about it. And so, um, one thing that I think that we do is really healthy is like I said, we make space for each other. Um, I know that he's busy. He as a junior high pastor and he helps on worship team and he works and he goes to school. Like I said, like he is absolutely slammed and anybody who's in ministry knows that ministry is not a clock in clock out kind of job you're a minister 24 (laughs) 7 it's your life and um because we're both ministers at different churches with different events on different days on top of everything man it gets hard but um we we will push other things aside to make space for each other and because of that like one of my favorite things that i tell people um is that we have we've disagreed like we've had, we've disagreed, but we have never gotten like 
a fight or like where we were like genuinely like arguing and one thing that we said like from the jump is like if you say something or do something that makes me upset i will not hang up the phone on you like if we're facetiming i won't i'm not gonna get mad and hang up because that's toxic that's not healthy yeah let me, let, let's childish. pause on that for a second because <laughs> this is no this is good when i got married i had a guy that i worked with he's probably listening to this podcast to be honest tony if you're listening to this my guy this is about you i love you um he he would ask me religiously like every single day he's like so have you guys had a, had, a, had a big fight yet have you guys had a big fight yet because like for some reason the expectation is when you're in a relationship or when you're married that you're supposed to have these crazy arguments these big fights yeah, like yeah. my wife and i never got into big fights or disagreements or argument like we obviously you know, bicker and argue like a couple does, but it's not like we're screaming at each other, we're yelling, we're throwing things, we're hanging up, we're giving each other the silent treatment. Like that's just immature and childish. And that's what a lot of people are doing. But I'm glad you said that because um, I would say when you're arguing and yelling and throwing things, like that's a sign of um, tox toxicity and unhealthiness. And so, yeah, keep yeah. going, keep going. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. Um, yeah, no, we decided from the jump, we were like, I said, if, no matter how upset I get at you, I will never hang up with the phone on you because that's the equivalent of us getting in an argument face to face and me just leaving. Right. Um, and like forcing myself out of the conversation. So everything that we have ever disagreed on or needed, like we have conversation about it. And that's, that is our go-to. We have conversation. We look at scripture. If it's something like that intense, like we look at scripture to see like what we believe and how we should respond. But ultimately yeah. we have, um, lots of conversation. And so, um, yeah, I feel like that's probably the mo one of the most important things that we do to kind of maintain a healthy relationship. Yeah. It is definitely a stereotype. People are like, um, oh, don't worry. Like it's coming. Like yeah. you're going to have your big fight. And I'm like, dog, don't oh. speak that over me. Dude, <laughs> like, I hated that when people would say that to me. It was yeah, the no, worst. Fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that my wife and I, um, have put in place sort of as like a boundary is when we start, you know, getting into these heated conversations or, you know, call them arguments, call them whatever you want. Um, but we have we have said that if we're going to like, you know, debate something like we will not raise our voices because as soon as your voices raise, it leads to, you know, heightened emotions. People get hurt. People get offended. So as soon as like my wife and I have literally been in mid conversation and one of us will raise our voice and the other one will be like, oh, I'm not talking to you anymore because you're raising your voice. Like if we can calm down, like it might sound weird and like you're talking to a kid, but it's true <laughs> because as soon as I start to like get mad and angry and get loud, things get heated and that's when it gets bad. So that's just one thing that we do, of course. But yeah, I've literally told Caleb one time he it was a really petty thing, but it made me very upset in the moment. And we were on, we were on FaceTime. And when, as soon as he said it, uh, he was like, Caden, Caden. And I was like, I really need a second. Cause I might say something that I'm going to have to apologize for. <laughs> and I, I was like, it was whenever you were in Oregon <laughs> on oh, vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, I literally said, he was like, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, I need 10 minutes to get on Pinterest and like, not think about it and stew over it and i'll and then i said give yeah. me 10 minutes and then we'll talk about it and i we stayed on facetime but i muted myself and he muted himself and that way i wasn't hanging up on him i wasn't saying i'll talk to you when i feel like it i literally was like <laughs> to have a healthy conversation i need to not be this emotional so i'll be back give me 10 minutes yeah. to like whoo and then i'll be back <laughs> yeah that's well, well, well that's great well, one thing that that i think is important is um, and this is just leadership in general is understanding how that person responds and acts. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm very much like, tell me what's wrong right now 
let's fix it right now. Like, you know, like, like this, like, let's not waste any time. Let's do it right now. I don't care how you're feeling. She's very much like, let's take a second. I'm going to breathe. I'll come back in 15 minutes and we'll talk about it. And I'm like, sitting here like, no, let's do it now. We're here now. Let's do it now. So I had to learn. Okay. If I make her mad, take half an hour. And then we'll talk about it because then we can both be civil. You know what I mean? So right. it, it takes understanding your person and, and what makes them mad, how they respond, um, you know, what things make them tick, what things don't. You know what I mean? And I think that's something I didn't do my last one. And I think that's why I've tried to do it so much now is try to understand Caden the best that I can. So when situations like that do arise, I can respond responsibly and correctly. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. And I think... I think we're both very intentional. Like, I feel like we try to be very self-aware and then aware of each other, like Caleb was saying. So, like, what, you know, the first one of the first things we ever talked about, actually the reason he even got my – we, like, swapped phone numbers is because we were talking about the Enneagram. Nice. <laughs> so, like, I, I love the Enneagram. What number and, are you? Um, Come on. You're not going to believe it. I'm an eight. I mean, through through. And through. I'm the strongest eight, like – I'm such an eight, and Caleb's a strong three. I would have guessed and three so, for Caleb. I'm a three. I get it. Yeah, I'm yeah. super emotional, and I need affirmation. Yep, That's about it. I'm there, man. <laughs> and I'm the. I'm like, I don't need your affirmation. I just need you to like. <laughs> I need you to need me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need affirmation. But yeah. One thing we do, we have, we have had multiple conversations, and this was mainly in the beginning stages, where off the bat, I was like. Okay, like let I was like, what's your love language? Like, um, as we were like exploring into an, a romantics, I was like, what are your love languages? Like in order, and we actually discovered ours are flipped. Oh, so no. mine, like literally exactly. So mine is um acts of service, then quality time, then gifts, then um physical touch, then words of affirmation. His is literally my one to five is his five to one. So nice. it's literally flipped, and so we learned like okay. Words of affirmation is the hardest way for me to give and receive love, but I know it's Caleb's top way to give and receive love. So we became aware of that. And I was like, man, I just need to let him know, like, man, that message you preached in youth this week, that was awesome. Like, I'm so proud of you for being able to um, maintain a relationship and healthy relationship with your family and your church and um, vice versa. He, it's hard to do access service from long distance, but he's done his very best. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Sure. Becoming, like he said, learning each other, becoming aware of each other. That's really important. Yeah, that's so good. Is there uh, anything else that you guys would speak to to that as far as, well, you know, I'll go for it. Um, I'm not sure if it's even fish, but it's just been on my mind. One thing that I did when Caden and I first started talking and looking at dating was I went to almost all of my pastors. My, so my senior pastor, my youth pastor, uh, our, our small groups pastor at the time, and then our kids pastor. And I talked with all of them and they time with me and Caden and, and, and I uh, told them about her and where, what she's doing and where she's from because I trusted them and trusted their discernment to tell me if this person wasn't it. Cause that's, that's, that's happened before. Mm-hmm. Like this one time I asked this girl on a day, I hope she doesn't see this cause she'll be so mad. <laughs> I, I messaged her. I was like, Hey, like we should get coffee. And she's like, yeah. And this was the first date I got in like two years. I was like, dude, heck yes. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean, we're excited. And then my, my youth pastor, he came up to me. He was like, hey, dude, that girl's not good. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, she works at the hair salon that I go to. And, you know, I uh, overhear her say some stuff and, and stuff she does. She's like, she's not a good person, man. And I was trying to justify it. I was like, well, like, what if we just got coffee? And, like, what if you went there but she didn't know who you were? Yeah. I was trying to justify it. But he was like, hey, man, she's not good. I'm telling you, trust me. And 
praise the Lord, I trusted him, I canceled, I made it some random excuse, and we didn't go. Oh, no. Uh, but I, I, I uh, trusted my pastors enough to help me uh, make the decision that, hey, you know, based on their discernment and what they see in a good relationship, hey, you know, they're, they're for it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good deal right there. Now, I got to ask, I meant to ask this earlier, but we were right in the middle of the conversation. Where did you vacation to in Oregon? Because your boy's in Oregon. Um, shoot. Uh, there is, there's like some animal thing that, that you like drive through. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like some zoo you drive through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm awful with location. I don't know. Yeah. Was it, that at? was it like, did you guys drive up to Oregon? Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe like Southern it, Oregon, it was, probably. I don't know. It, I don't, it was, it was, it was an awful vacation. I'm so sorry. Oh. It was, <laughs> All the entire vacation, all it was was just us spending in the car for like six to seven hours a day, just driving, yeah, and looking at trees. And I'm totally not a nature guy. Like I, I this is gonna sound really bad and unpopular. I hate nature. I can't. <laughs> I don't. I can't stand nature. I don't get hikes. I don't get trees. I just. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So I was like, it was. It was boring. But yeah, I think the funniest Oregon, right, right on the border. Dude, the funniest thing about that vacation was he was supposed to go to Rome, <laughs> and then the pandemic hit. So they just oh, my God. I, was, I was supposed to fly out to Italy and have two weeks in Rome and, like, see the world and, you know, like, go on a boat. And I was, yeah, eat beignets and, you know, have real spaghetti. And I was stuck in a, real in a Pontiac for 15 <laughs> hours looking at trees. Like, what the heck is this? Dude, I didn't sign up for this. Dude, that I was I asked because I was like, where is anybody vacationing to in Oregon? I was just I was genuinely curious. Yeah, I don't know. We stayed in some hotel and swam in the pool and looked at trees. That's all we did. Classic. Love it. Love it. <laughs> all right, guys. Is there anything else that uh, you want to add to whether it be long distance relationships, relationships in general, anything else? Anything you guys got to say? Um. Uh, yeah. I'll start it real you go. quick. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you brought up uh, Robbie Zacharias, unfortunately, you know, those, those things have come out. And there's another pastor recently that we've heard about. Um, I think especially if you're a pastor and you're going to be in ministry, but just in relationships in general, accountability, accountability, accountability. Absolutely. I cannot say it enough. I cannot, I, I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen, whether they're in ministry or not, that get compromised, end up doing something they regret. It's because they didn't have accountability. There's there's nothing like too much accountability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mike, Mike Todd was talking one time, and he said he has like three or four different pastors that have his passwords to his email, his phone, all his social media, his banking stuff, like everything. Because he wants to be held accountable for everything. Because like the Bible says, you know, if, if, if we are teachers, we're held to a higher standard. Yeah. You know, and when we accept that calling, we place ourselves at that higher standard. So accountability is huge. I cannot stress it enough. Yeah. If I may ask, what does that look like for you guys? Or maybe individually, what does that look like? So, um, together, um, like I said earlier, we always have someone in the car with us. Um, I don't, uh, message either, uh, my students, like, like female students, like junior hires or high schoolers. I don't message them personally. Don't message them over any social media. I talk to the parents directly. Um, you know, I always make sure that if I'm with a female, whether it's here at the church, whatever, someone, someone's near me, someone's next to me, someone knows about it. I mean, never give you, you know what I mean? Like I would rather be over, 
over careful and over precautious and ever, you know, give someone anything to say, Oh, this person did this, or, you know, maybe he did that. You know what I mean? My, my office door is always open. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Kaden, any last thoughts? Yeah. I think one thing to kind of tag on to what Caleb said is like being proactive about, um, taking care of each other and making sure that, um, you're being open and honest with each other. One thing that Caleb did that I never asked him to do and did not expect of him is, um, uh, like literally a week after he left, um, from seeing me in December is he, um, shared his location with me. I didn't, and I didn't have to ask him. Cause like, that's a, if you ask someone for their location, like you might have a good heart about it, but ultimately if he would have been like, Hey, can you share, will you go ahead and share your location with me? I'd be like, why do you need to know? where I'm like, can you not just ask me where I'm at? You know what I mean? So the fact that Caleb, um, that's one thing that feeds like my love language acts of service. He's so proactive about doing those kinds of things to where it's not like a, it's not a weird or an awkward thing. I don't feel like I have to check it, but, um, for different situations, like he was just like, Hey, he just sent me his location. Um, and was like, Hey, I'm going to add you to my life 360. If that's okay. Like we can have a, like a circle or whatever it is on that. And so, um, I think just being proactive instead of waiting for the awkward moment where you need to have those kinds of things, those kind of, um, boundaries or accountability or whatever. Um, I have a mentor in my life, shout out to Miss Nada. She is, um, basically my second mom and she's practically raised me. And when I tell you this woman is blunt, like when you think of the church woman who like will tell you like it is and like in the most loving way, she will literally sit me down. Um, after <laughs> I've gone to see Caleb twice and after both trips, she caught me like on my way, like passing through her office. And she was like, okay, talk to me. Like, did anything happen we need to know about? Like, I mean, genuinely checked on me and I keep those kind of people in my corner. Like Caleb said, he went to his pastors and that kind of thing. And I try really hard to keep people in my life. Not that tell me exactly what I need to hear. And this yeah. is outside of Caleb, but I tell, uh, or tell me what I want to hear. I literally like to keep the people who intimidate me and tell me what I need. And, um, she is definitely one of those people. And so, um, and then last thing is that I think that whenever you, whenever it's God, you genuinely know it. And I, I think about it in the sense that like, if I wanted to be in a relationship with somebody who wasn't in church and wasn't in the ministry, it doesn't even have to just apply to specifically a ministry context. Um, I could do so. And I could probably still be in ministry. I could probably still have a job somewhere and lived with and get married to and be in a relationship with someone that's not saved. But whenever you go ahead and find somebody who is in the same mentality as you, like has the same beliefs, man, it knocks out like so many possible issues. Whereas if I would have compromised and lowered that standard, it would have been so much harder from us from the jump. So from the beginning, we knew right off the bat, like, we don't believe in sex before marriage. That's not a conversation we have to have or an awkward situation we have to put ourselves in because we believe the same already. You know, we don't have to discuss, um, do you like to get drunk on the weekends or do you like to, you know what I mean? Like we have those standards already. And so that's why I think where the Bible talks about being equally yoked, walking with someone, um, it's not, it doesn't say you need to reach for somebody who you feel like is way up here and don't reach way below your standard. Walk with somebody who's walking where you're walking and um, stay that pace with them. And so- Ultimately, whenever God's in the center of it, man, it's, it's, it's better than a dream. I say that all the time, like even 2000 miles apart, like I would rather be with Caleb 2000 miles apart from each other than be with somebody else next door, you know? And so, yeah. yeah. Well, um, one last thing real quick, Austin, um, <laughs> yeah. it is, 
it is better to be single and inside the will of God than be married and outside the will of God. You know, now I'm not married, um, but I know a lot of people who are married and outside the will of God. And I yeah. know that that marriage marriages are, you know, aren't healthy and they're toxic. Um, and I know single people who are inside the will of God and they're living their best life and they love God and they love ministry. You know, it is, it is better to be, single and inside the will of God than married and dating someone because you can do all the fun things and be outside the will of God. You know, you have to surrender down what you want or what you think you want to God's will. And that takes a lot of, a lot of um, humility and, and laying yourself down and saying, God, you know, this situation is yours. Um, your ways are higher than my ways. You know more than I do. So I'm trusting you. And even if you never get married, perfect, but you're following God. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I'm I, not called to that life. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> let's be real. Some of our biggest fears being called to being single. Come on, come on. Right. I've literally, Absolutely. you know, you pray, God, please send me someone before the rapture happens. Please. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what all the Christian oh, memes are about these days. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, honestly, I love to hear you guys talk about this as you're not married, as you are still in the midst of it, because honestly, it's so encouraging to hear from people who are Obviously, you want to hear from people who have done it and experienced it well, but it's so great to hear from people who are living in it, living in the thick of it and, you know, kind of navigating it for themselves and filling the water. So I just love to hear your guys' story. And um, a last thought that I have that I'd like to share, um, if anybody cares to listen, but uh, one thing that has been so helpful in in my relationship and um, I think would be helpful in any relationship is even long distance, and it sounds like you guys are doing this, but you have to give grace. I've said this on the podcast before, but um, you guys, you know, talked about, you know, getting in arguments or whatever, debating things like, we're not going to get it right all the time. So don't pretend like you are. We're not going to be perfect to our spouse. So don't pretend like you are, but you have to give grace. And when you give grace, it gives that other person an opportunity to, to really like, um, for you guys as a couple to work through and walk through a lot of things together. So um, one thing that I just love about my wife is that she's so patient with me um, in the many mistakes that I do make. And so I'm so thankful for the grace that she's given, um, even in just everyday little scenarios, like maybe I miscommunicated something and she thought I was going to be home sooner than I actually was. Like there's grace for that because it was a mistake, you know? Mm-hmm. So even little things that could that could lead to an argument ultimately, but she gives grace. I try to give grace as best as I can. And and I think that's super key because, you know, as we talk about a lot of good principles in this episode, they're not all going to happen all the time and there has to yeah. be grace for it. So I love to hear that. And and I think that's a good closing thought. Um, as we end this episode, Caleb, Caden, thank you guys so much for hopping on the episode. It was so good. And I'm so excited for uh, people thanks, to hear man. that. Yeah. Thanks yeah. For thank on. you so much. We were so, it was fun. we had a blast. Awesome. We were so excited. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. I was uh, super pumped to do a, uh, relationship series and i have so many people from school that i'm like man i think they'd be great to be on the podcast kaden you're one of those people caleb i haven't even i've never met you before today so i'm super glad that you're <laughs> I here <know> until now. <laughs> yeah so awesome man thank you guys again so much for coming on and um if you are still listening to the episode this far make sure that you give it a like you subscribe comment share whatever you got to do share it with your friends we got to get the word out there that the life podcast is for everybody. So Caleb, Caden, thanks again. And we will see you guys right back here next week.